KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Interviews again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday. Craig here, Rainbow Radio. I, I was thinking, um, which I do sometimes, I know it scares people sometimes, that uh, it's it's nice to acknowledge the people that in your everyday world, and sometimes you forget to do that, and sometimes you forget that's a very important thing to do. So I'm going to shout out right off the top of the hour to a dear friend of mine, Arlene. Uh, I hope you're listening this morning, and Mario, I hope you're listening, Brother Brian, Brother Todd. Uh, Joe, Lynn, uh, friend Brian, and um, Bill Atkins, and Harry, and oh, I don't know. The list goes on and on. And if I've missed you, it's not because I don't care. It's because I'm getting old and feeble. Uh, that's my excuse anyway. <laughs> I'm not that old, please. Anyway, good morning to everyone right here out of Laguna Beach. It is not necessarily a beautiful day in Laguna, but there could be worse things going on, and we are very appreciative with 61 degrees coming in this morning, and as uh, everyone likes to know, the weather first thing in the morning, the high, the high should get up to 63 clouds uh, in the skies early, followed by partial clearing, high 63, I already said that, come on, uh, winds southwest 5 to 10 miles, so hardly any wind. Lots of humidity, 75%, so we'll be youthful looking all day long. Sunset at 7.12 p.m. And uh, through the week, that's always important to know because this time of year, it is just crazy. You never know. The highs are going to be as, as high as the 80s on Tuesday or Thursday. But throughout the week, it's going to be highs in the 70s, 76. So it's going to be a mix of things, sunny mostly. 
um, and a little bit of cl uh, clouds mixed in here and there. So it's nothing surprising, pretty safe week. Uh, you can plan your afternoon picnics, uh, not worry. Uh, perhaps the mornings might be a little bit breezy but and a little bit cloudy, but per usual, you know. And I, I like to get uh, announcements out right away, if, particularly if it's an event that's going on Saturday, today, as in now, uh, the Surfrider Foundation has an event coming going on today. It started at 8 a.m. and it goes on for another 45 minutes, so you're probably going to miss most of that. Um, it's uh, adjacent. It's at Liso Creek Beach. It's a cleanup. So if you want to get down there, you could still probably help them drag the refuse from the beach. <laughs> uh, the gloves are um, are recommended, but no, no latex or plastic gloves. And no single-use plastic water bottles, please, they say. So if you want to join people down there cleaning up Aliso Beach, that would be nice. I love a clean beach, especially when Laguna Beach Pride has their bonfire there coming up. Uh, that's a nice segue coming up. And uh, when is that? Um, sunset bonfire, uh, May 14th. Yeah, so that would be next month on the 14th. Uh, but also going on today, uh, I just happen on this. It's called Unbreakable. Uh, it's at the Ming uh, Concert Hall at Cal State Fullerton. And it sounds like it would be an outrageously fun event. They have two shows. And it's uh, it's the uh, men's chorus, gay men's chorus. It's uh, I'll just read it. It's the experience of... Uh, literary giants Gertrude Stein, uh, trans rights activist Sylvia Rivera, and Bayard Rustin, an out African-American civil rights leader who worked alongside Dr. Martin Luther King, are among the true stories that make up this 14-movement choral work that spans 120 years of LGBTQ history in America. And it's at Cal State Fullerton today at, uh, there's two shows, one at 3 p.m. and one at 8 p.m. Now, it's a ticketed event, so you do need to go get tickets. And I suppose if you did a Google search real quick for Ming Concert Hall, Cal State Fullerton, and the, the event is uh, titled Unbreakable, and you wanted to have a fun afternoon or early evening event, uh, that's where you need to go. Um, it sounds fantastic uh, if they've got tickets left, and especially if it's a gay men's chorus. They always put on a fantastic show, So, and it always goes for a good cause. So it's called Unbreakable, Unbreakable at Cal State Fullerton. You have no excuses. You heard it here first on going <laughs> to be on KXFM 104.7. And then coming up uh, in just three weeks from today, it's the Spring Social Wine Tasting and Silent Auction Charity. Uh, it's uh, Laguna Beach Pride 365's um, big event. Uh, they do this every year, have a fundraiser, usually in the spring, some kind. And, and that goes to fund all their programs throughout the year. And... Um, this year, they're try, uh, trying something new. It's a um, wine tasting and featuring the wines of Baja, California. Now, if you didn't know, Queen Isabel from Spain, she had 
she wanted to conquer the world. She had plans, you know. She went out and into Mexico and thought the Aztecs had too much gold and procured as much as she could. And then she found out that they had wine that was better than her wine. And what else was there? Um, so anyway, she tried to to get rid of all the wineries because she didn't like it. Little did it have any effect on the wine in Spain, but she thought it would. So anyway, the Baja wines have been around for a long time and they survived Queen Isabella. So what were, what, what does that have to do with today? Well, the wines that are being featured are the Baja California wines that survived Queen Isabella and have a rich history in, uh, on the West coast of the Americas. And, uh, they ha even have a richer history than Napa Sonoma Mendocino, uh, than all the wineries in uh, what is considered Northern California. I call it Central California because I'm from really the real North Northern California, which is almost in Oregon. But I digress. But anyway, it's it should be uh, Chef Justin uh, Meyer Mayer Meyer Myers M Y R E S. He has put this together with the wineries from there. Uh, and it's, uh, it's truly with sommeliers, sommeliers, excuse me, one for each table, if you get a VIP table or just a regular admission, uh, there's like six or eight sommeliers, there's live entertainment and there's food all evening for four hours. So that is, uh, like I said, three weeks from today on a Saturday, and it's at the Bridge Hall at the at Laguna Beach Congregational Church uh, campus. So it is at the Bridge Hall and Garden Courtyard area. So it should, and, and the jazz trio of Greg Lyons Jazz Trio will be there. So there's music, food, entertainment, fabulous conversation, uh, an enlightenment of the imbibing in wines. <laughs> And a delectable pairing of wine with food. And uh, I mean, that's a bount bount bounty of life is conversation, food, and a little wine, uh, you know, to uh, release the good spirits in, of uh, the humans, the humankind, uh, good spirits. Most of the time it does that. Sometimes no, I, I digress. <laughs> anyway, that's three weeks and put that on your calendar. And then Laguna Beach Pride will have its annual festival in August and more details to come. So that's all the news that's fit to print about the social agenda that's that's going on here in Laguna Beach and Laguna Beach Pride. Uh, there are some rumblings under the surface on some other exciting news, but I can't talk about it right now. It's, it's, it's not up for publication, you know. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsors, Mike Johnson of Compass Realty and uh, Chris Tibbet of Compass Realty. Thanks again for being pro uh, Rainbow Radio. Uh, we do not have a guest this week, but I understand Mario's still working on. <laughs> well, I had this question yesterday, and I'll answer it for everyone again today um, on the radio. What is happening with the LGBT community and and Ukraine? And there is, um, there is some news in that. And there is an organization that's working really hard, uh, particularly with the LGBT uh, community, because they're pretty marginalized in, in uh, 
all of the Russian areas. Um, if you may recall, um, about two years ago or a year and a half ago, they wanted to cleanse uh, Croatia. Their fearless leader was a close uh, underling or associate or follower or whatever. Uh, and his mentor was Putin. The president there felt that uh, that Croatia should be a LGBTQ-free nation. They don't have, we don't have them here, you know. And so they, what they did is they proceeded to round up whom they thought were. And um, in some cases, they just disappeared. In some cases, they were tortured and beat up and, and um, encouraged to leave in no uncertain terms. And uh, in some cases, they were just beat up and, and released because they obviously got the wrong person, I think. Anyway, uh, it was not a nice situation. So this organization called Rainbow Railroad, as you've been a lot of underground railroads in the world and during many world wars, but this one is called Rainbow Railroad, sharing the same name as Rainbow Radio and, and Rainbow <laughs> Reflections, the news column that every once in a while I rekindle and get published in Stu News. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but anyway, Rainbow Radio is got really active, and they worked hard to get uh, people at risk uh, out of Croatia. And there was a wonderful documentary on it, very kind of difficult to watch, uh, but it's on YouTube, and you can find it about... Um, Rainbow Radio. I don't know. Just if you just search Croatia and LGBTQ, it will pop up there somewhere. But it, it is uh, for a while there. I think it was just exclusively on um, Netflix, I believe. But it, it. But now I think it's also available on YouTube. Uh, long story short, they are now helping uh, with um, Ukraine. And they're doing what they can. We're working to try and get a representative from that organization as a guest uh, on Rainbow Radio. It seems appropriate. So we'll keep you posted on that. I think it would be great. Um, there is some news, though, that I found yesterday. USN's financial uh, support to LGBT groups in Ukraine. The United States is helping LGBT groups in Ukraine by sending Financial support, Jessica uh, Stern, the U.S. Special Envoy that promises LGBTQ rights abroad, uh, told the Washington Blade on March 18th that she held multiple roundtables with Ukrainian activists and organizations to build relationships with her office to get information directly from people on the front lines. She also said that she spoke with LGBT rights organizations in Poland, Hungary, and other countries that would be receiving LGBTQI Ukrainian refugees and regional and international groups that are uh, closely monitoring and supporting LGBTQI Ukrainians in this incredibly difficult time. The first and uh, most important thing that all you uh, that, that the U.S. has been doing has been establishing contact with people who are advocating for and servicing LGBTQI Ukrainians and then in all instances, trying to find ways to support them. Stern told The Blade, one of the things that we have been really important has been to identify and sort out, 
the sort of patterns of human rights abuses, violations, and vulnerability that they're trafficking uh, that we need to be aware of. So I, it's what they're saying is really here is they're starting the dialogue, but uh, I don't see that it's what's really happening yet. Um, anyway, I think um, I think Rainbow, maybe we'll hopefully get to the bottom of it, but I think Rainbow Railroad is more like boots on the ground. Let's get these people. And they've had experience doing it because they've um, brought people uh, from Croatia. And a lot of them, they relocated to Canada and they, they bring actually bring the people that have been serious victims uh, of abuse and uh, life-threatening um, abuse, like beat up, stabbed, and uh, suffered greatly. Um, and they've got them out of the country and into places like Canada. So uh, they have some really good experience. So that's my answer on that one. So, <laughs> so before we uh, have I get back to our on this week in history, we'll take a short music break, cleanse our palate for a little more, um, uh, maybe upbeat news as, as best as we can. And um, yeah, this is um, <laughs> no pun intended, but it's do you really want to hurt me? Re a remake of do you really want to hurt me? <sighs> I got my time. I got to get my timing down a little bit better. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs>
Oh, yes. Music provokes uh, memories. I, I don't know why. I, I, I'm telling myself I shouldn't say this, but I, I, this provokes a memory. I got hit by a drunk driver once in my life outside of uh, Seattle, totaled my car, and as I'm rolling in the ditch, a little bloody, and uh, my car is uh, nearby, and the door's open, and this is playing still on the car stereo. Do you really want to hurt me? And all I can remember is like, would someone please turn off the, the car? I can't stand the music. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, uh, it's like uh, what's his face said when he was dying. Um, not Quentin Crisp, but a uh, very famous author. I can't think now. I can't think of his name. He says the the, the wallpaper is ugly and. And I'm sick. One of us has to go, and he died. I mean, anyway, I I digress. But do you really want to hurt me? That reminds me that music, can, whoa, can do a lot of things. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, and hopefully it's more good than bad. And with that, let's just press right along here. I have some news. You know, you, you probably know by now. I like this kind of odd news articles that I find. Uh, there's they're a little quirky and sometimes you can find some humor in it and sometimes you're just like appalled and aghast well there's a bit of both i guess in in these next few articles but um this one uh, this next article comes out of asia in qatar okay um qatar officials say rainbow flags may be confiscated to protect world cup fans oh well let's see what they're up to they want to protect the fans you know, those flags, oh, my God, they, they're fans of the World Cup in Qatar may have rainbow flags confiscated by security in order to protect them against perceptions that they are insulting the society. Mm, yeah, those flags, they're very insulting. A senior official has claimed last month, England captain Harry Kane made it clear that Garth Southgate's squad will seek to raise awareness of those human rights issues, Kane said. As a nation, we want our fans to enjoy the tournaments as much as we hopefully enjoy the tournament. And we want them to feel safe and free to watch the games how they please and not act and act how they want to act. England's LGBT plus fan group. Three Lions, Lions Prides praised Kane's comments and also encouraged other members of the squad to, ed, to educate empower and engage LGBT football supporters. But uh, they're, they're going to confiscate him to protect the fans <laughs> against the hatred, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's really lovely. <laughs> why, why, why don't they uh, throw the, the a-holes out that want to harm the others and support them? That would be a much nicer response, but instead of perpetrating, perpetrator, not perpetrating, instead of um, uh, helping the, the uh, hatred exist, continuing to support it. Okay, in other news, <laughs> Republicans are furious that people are calling Florida's gay, or Florida's don't say gay bill, a don't say gay bill. <laughs> oh, my. Um you know, I when I first said that, don't say gay, and they explain, well, you know, it's the kindergarten kids and the first, uh, I think it would include the first or second grades that 
they really, it's up to the parents to allow them to talk about uh, the gay thing. And, and I thought, well, maybe that makes sense, you know. Then I heard someone speak up, you know, okay, your uh, kids are smart. They figure things out, you know. So say there's a kid, it's, he's uh, five, six years old, and he's in kindergarten or first grade. And he's got a, a mother and a father. And his best friend has two fathers. Or his other, and his other best friend has maybe two mothers. And his other best friend says something about his gay fathers. And, and then the teacher has to intervene or the rest of the classmates are forbidden to talk about his best friend's two fathers. Now, don't you think that would attach a stigma to his best friend's parents that it's like when a kid hears goes to their parent and they use a nasty, like the F word or, or a nasty word of some kind. And they're told that's bad. You don't, you don't talk about that. Well, that's the same stigma that gets attached to those words about the parents. And immediately that stigma is this little kid thinks, okay, there's something bad. We can't talk about it because we can't talk about it. It's got to be bad. And I think at that young age, they're stigmatizing them and they're because they're making by doing that, they're making more of it than what it should be. Yeah. Now I agree. Parents have rights to teach their kids what they want, but in a, in an environment where kids are all together like that. And um, I don't know, I think it just allows a stigma to, to be perpetrated upon the kids. That's not healthy. And uh, I don't, and, and as I say that, I don't know what the real answer is because I do think parents have a right to, to, to you know, um, have say in how their children are, what they're uh, indoctrinated and what they're taught. But I guess I hope my parent, I, my hope is that the parents realize what this is about and sort it out. But it's, it's not cool. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's not good. Or, let me read the articles. Maybe I'll, I'll have a, a, a moment of an epiphany here. Earlier this month, the Florida State Legislature passed a ban on certain classroom instructions about LGBTQ uh, life. Critics have dubbed it the Don't Say Gay Bill, um, part of a class of anti-LGBTQ censorship legislation gained steam across the country. The bill would allow parents to sue a school district if they believe the teacher has taught children, oh, so it goes to the third grade or younger about sexual orientation or gender identity. Like that is a really bad thing. It's human nature. It's, it's, or taught older students about such topics in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate. Now, who is the judging person in what is age appropriate or developmentally appropriate? I'm just not sure. That's a really, okay. It would also force schools to notify parents if they begin providing support to queer or trans students who come out. So if a kid comes out at school because he feels he's not safe at home, then he's going to be outed at home. And uh, so the kid's probably not going to come out and be himself. I don't know. 
Sounds like an ugly mess. And then in, I don't know, in Florida, they still have conversion therapy. Is it legal? Um, that's another question. Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to sign the bill into law. Leaders of the LGBTQ advocacy groups maintain that the bill is vague and broad enough to create a chilling effect among teachers and school administrators uh, such that none will want to risk potentially ruinous lawsuits by even mentioning the existence of gay or trans people in the classrooms. But conservatives say Democrats and LGBTQ activists are making a big deal out of nothing. Republican officials and right-wing commentaries, commentators deny that the bill is anti-gay and insist that it will neither discriminate against queer or trans students nor prohibit normal age-appropriate discussion of LGBTQ culture and on and history. Oh, so we can talk about it historically. In a tweet this morning, Jim Carney, a senior fellow of at the American Enterprise Institute, criticized the media for peddling a false story that the Florida bill prohibits discussion of sexual orientation. In fact, the very first page of the bill's text states its purpose. Uh, prohibiting classroom discussions about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain level, grade levels or in a specified manner. Hmm. It does. So there you go. I didn't get any moment of epiphany on that one. <laughs> okay, and then in some, before we get on to this week in history, I've got a couple more um, just general news items, which I found. Uh, a Winnipeg teen channels two-spirit resilience for LGBTQ2. Q2. What's two? Hmm. <coughs> National Monument in Ottawa. So it's it's about uh, the two-spirit resilience in a culture. Uh, the Winnipeg gr group, inspired by the rich history of two-spirit teachings, uh, are the are winning. <laughs> The winning designers for a new monument in Ottawa to honor victims of Canada's LGBTQ plus, a two plus purge. This is all news to me. Team Weirford uh, has chosen out, was chosen out of five groups for their design of a plant filled park with a gleaming thunderhead sculpture at its center to honor those who lived through the purge. The lead on the team is Liz Ryford from Architects Public City, says their monument will capture both the somber past and the hope for a better future. We are honored to be chosen for the design of this monument and such an important one. As you know, it's responsibility that we aren't going to take lightly. It's a responsibility. The LGBTQ National Monument is a partnership between federal government and the LGBT Purge Fund, which was created from the settlement of a class action lawsuit against the government. So apparently, I need to do a little more research here. <laughs> there was some purging done of the two spirits, two spirits, which is, uh, I believe, the native people of the country uh, in an effort to purge them. I, I, I promise you I'm going to get more information on it because Native Americans believed in two spirits in the, and, and also Hawaii had a, a strong history of, it's the spirit of the male and the female being into into one. And apparently there was a purge in Ottawa and now they're celebrating or they're memorializing 
the atrocity in hopes that it won't happen again, I suppose. And now moving on to the United States and North America, the, the first transgender judge appointed to a bench in what state would that be? California, of course. And, you know, as they say elsewhere, the state of the fruit and nuts. Uh, and we, we love it. We're happy about that. Andy Mudirk. Mudirk. Mudirk is the first openly transgender judge appointed to the bench in California. She will serve in the Sacramento County Superior Court. Mudirk's appointment was announced Friday by Gav, Governor Gavin Newsom. Mudirk, 58, has served as Chief Deputy Director at the California Department of Rehabilitation since 2020, where she served as Chief Counsel from 2018 to 2020. Mudirk's appointee was applauded by the LGBTQ plus and legal communities. So there you have it. The first transgender. That's good news. It's nice to have good news. We'll be back shortly with on this week in in history how about that Yeah. 
would be a remake, yes, uh, with a little more spice than the original. Uh, but I'm sure there's some out there that would disagree. <laughs> Messing with the original art. Anyway, uh, let's get on to on this week in history. Uh, starting with April 2nd, which is today, and going forward seven days. That's a week. Yeah, 1982. They tried to get... Uh, they tried to get homosexual discussions or topics off of radio and TV because it uh, would encourage homosexual behavior, and they brought it before the United Nations. Did you know that? Yes, the United Nations Human Rights Committee, in the case of Hertzberg uh, versus Finland, refuses to question the decision. So they won't. They wouldn't take it up. The decision of the responsible organs of the uh, organs of the Finnish broadcasting corporation that radio and tv are not the appropriate forums to discuss issues related to homosexuality as far as the programs could be judged as encouraging homosexual behavior so they said nah, 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 we're not going to we're not going to talk about that that's uh, that's ridiculous so fortunately because now i can be on the radio see they, they could have thwarted me well the united nations probably couldn't come into laguna beach and, and say that but Anyway, they tried to, I, I suppose that was a global effort. Fortunately, the United Nations didn't see it as they saw it. Moving along, in 1990, Newsweek uh, had an article cover story called The Future of Gay America. And it drew an unusually heavy amount of reader mail, as those, you might imagine, uh, with, with that week's issue. And about 60% of it was anti-gay. Uh, <laughs> Complains one reader, homosexuality is a perversion and it's unnatural to a man's common sense. I see a couple of mistakes with that. What about um, a woman in there somewhere? You know, that's uh, it's all about the man's perspective. So that's that's one strike. And then the other strike is it um, is it a perversion and it's as natural as nature? Uh, yada, yada, yada. We'll go on and we'll move right along on that one. Um, April 3 in uh, history. In 1972, stepping way back, the U.S. Supreme Court effectively upholds a lower court ruling giving state governments the right to refuse employment to gay men and lesbians. Mm -hmm. Shame on you, Supreme Court. 1972, the court had refused to review the case of an openly gay man turned down for a job at a Minnesota University library because of his homosexuality. So apparently the library said, oh, no, you're just too gay for this library. And this, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you can do that. Mm -hmm. But my, it, it's, it's changed. How could they do that? 72. In 1975, New Mexico becomes the 10th state to repeal its sodomy laws. In 2009, the Iowa Supreme Court unanimously rejects the state law banning same-sex marriage. Mm. Uh, so now the Supreme Court's on the, the right side here. Uh, 21 days later, county recorders are required to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Yay! <laughs> Moving on to April 4th. Uh, in 1971, four reformed homosexuals 
go on the David Susskind's show to tout their conversions to heterosexuality and praise the therapy of sometimes poet, sometimes poet and literary critic Eli Segal, whose doctrine of aesthetic realism teaches that homosexuality is the result of a distorted philosophical view of the world. Mm-hmm. Aesthetic realists who never use the word homosexuality, but instead of it, H, how long have you been? I, P, is she H? Do you think there is a relationship between how your mother treated you and H? Question mark. Number less than 20. Despite the fact that Siegel has been playing his theories in the academic world since 1945. Well, I don't get all that, but my times have changed. Wonder what happened to those four reformed homosexuals. In 1976, Pope Paul VI takes the unprecedented step of publicly denying recent accusations that he is, despite his anti-gay stance, a practicing homosexual himself. Pray for the humble person who has been made the target of scorn and horrible and slanderous insinuations by a certain press lacking dutiful regard for honesty and truth. That was his response. In 1981, Paris, first gay parade, pride parade takes place in Paris, France. Hmm, 81. Moving on to April 5 in LGBTQ history, Kansas voters approve an amendment to the state constitution banning same-sex marriage and civil and civil unions. Wow. In Kansas, voters approve an amendment to the state constitution. Now, when did it get <laughs> declared unconstitutional? Uh, 2005. Oh, well, whatever. Moving on to April 6th on This Week in History. In 1955, wow, that's going way back. Rob Epstein, Oscar-winning producer of The Times of Harvey Milk is, and The Celluloid Closet is born, born in New Jersey, New Jersey. That was my Jersey accent coming through. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Boing. And moving on to April 7th. On this day in history, um, yeah, boy, that was a busy day, April 7th, 1970 again, a midnight cowboy wins the Oscar for best picture, becoming the first and only X-rated film to do so. It, it didn't really need to be X-rated, but at the time, I suppose. It is also the first major Hollywood film to feature an on-screen sexual encounter between two men. It's so mild. Uh, the film's director, John Schlesinger, also gay, wins Best Director. So that's pretty remarkable that uh, they got all those awards. So I, good for the Academy. At least there was no slapping going on uh, in, at the award ceremony in 1970. Maybe there was behind the scenes. We don't know. In 1976, civil rights crusader and U.S. Con Congresswoman Barbara Jordan, a Democrat from Texas, upsets gay supporters when she publicly refuses to co-sponsor federal gay rights legislation. That's the very thing I can't do. I do not feel 
But politically, I can do that. She says that she's afraid she will lose voter support if she becomes associated with gay rights. On a talk radio show, really? Appearance earlier. Jordan was angered over comparisons between gay rights and the black civil rights struggle of the 60s. There is no way that I can equate discrimination on the basis of sexual preference with discrimination on the basis of skin color. Well, Barbara. <laughs> In 2009, the Vermont legislation votes to override Governor Jim Douglas's veto of a bill allowing gays and lesbians to marry, legalizing same-sex marriage. It is the first state to legalize gay marriage through the legislature. The courts of the other states in which the marriage is legal, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Iowa gave approval. So that was Vermont, lovely Vermont. In 2009, New York City officials announced that the Stonewall riots of 1969 will be featured in an official gay tourism campaign capitalizing on the 40th anniversary of the uprising in June 2009 and promoting the city as a gay and lesbian tourist destination. Wow. Well, they see the gay dollar there. <laughs> in 2011, the Arkansas Supreme Court upholds the 2010 lower court ruling that a 2008 voter approval ban on adoption by unmarried cohabitating couples is unconstitutional as it should be. In 2012, Kate McKinnon, formerly the Big Gay Sketch Show, joins the cast of Saturday Night Live for the first openly gay lesbian member of the show, following in the footsteps of the other gay SNL cast members, Terry Sweeney and Denitra Vance. And on the last day on this day in history this week, this day in history this week, yes, that makes sense. April 8th. In 1947, whoa, we went, that's back, way back. The Institute for Sex Research, properly known as the Kinsey Institute, after research, Alfred C. Kinsey, is incorporated in Indiana. I didn't know that went way back. In 1990, after a five-year highly publicized battle with AIDS, Ryan White, 18, dies of the disease in a hospital in Indianapolis one month before his high school graduation. White, a hemophiliac, had contracted the disease through a contaminated blood trans treatment and went on to become the poster child during the early uh, years of the AIDS epidemic, changing the public perception of the disease. And, uh, or championed by Elton John, a lot to bring it to the forefront, which is not a bad thing. So, yeah, this is KXFM 104.7, Craig and Rainbow Radio. I want to remind everyone uh, about, again, the Gay Men's Chorus. If you haven't uh, thought about Unbreakable at uh, Cal State Fullerton, it starts at 3 p.m. today, and there's another event at 8 p.m., uh, Saturday night, 8 to 10, or Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5. Unbreakable. The experiences of, a, of literary uh, giant Gertrude Stein and trans rights activist Sylvia Rivera in Bayard Rustin, an out African-American and civil rights leader who worked alongside Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
are among the true stories that make up this 14 movement choral work that spans 120 years of LGBTQ history. Man, if you see that, you'll know everything there is to know about LGBTQ history. That's today. So if you hurry and hustle, you can make it to Cal State Fullerton. And uh, better check for tickets first, I have to say. Uh, I will, uh, I got to sign off here. Um, I see my cohort is, is waiting in the wings. And uh, I will be back next week again. Hopefully, we'll have a call in. If you have any suggestions for programming and music, uh, artists, books, people, recipes, <laughs> uh, home, home improvement ideas, just go to Craig at rainbow-radio.com or go to the website and leave a comment, rainbow-radio.com. Uh, it would be much appreciated uh, as far as content and what can be featured on the program every week here at KXFM 104.7. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back next week some, with some more news and hopefully some cheerful news to keep everyone on track and moving forward. See your friends on the street. See some strangers on the street. Smile and nod and say hello. Have a good day. Have a good week. We'll see you here again next Saturday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks for tuning in. Oh.